Welcome back to another exciting episode of the Die Hard Minute, where every day, Monday through Friday, Movies by Minute hosts talk about one minute of the greatest explosion movie of all time, the 1988 John McTiernan-directed movie, Die Hard. I'm Thomas Howitt. Oh, whoa, whoa, This whoa. is a private frequency. What's going on here? What are you doing on this frequency? Steve, is that you? This is um, this is Steve. This is Steve Lasto of the Princess Bride Minute. And once again, this is the private frequency, sir. I will have to call the FCC if you do not <laughs> cease and desist. I thought I thought I was taking over here. I'm from the Never Any Minute, and we were going to just take over this whole thing. Jonathan, can you believe this? It's inconceivable. He didn't come to tell us that my brother is dead or anything, did he? No, no, not this no. time. Good. <laughs> Otherwise, you might start flipping tables or something. <laughs> Guys, I'm I'm so glad you you reached out to me to join you on this podcast. This is amazing. Um, yeah, I guess so. Make yourself back <laughs> welcome on the couch again. And uh... <laughs> did you not notice I made myself quite at home? I took the intro and everything. So <laughs> I, I told you we should never have let anybody in this little hotel room. Big mistake, Jonathan. Big mistake. <laughs> it's gonna get full. <laughs> so um, yeah, welcome, welcome, Thomas. We're, we're glad you could we're glad you could join us, even though um, we did not see you walk in, and we do not know how you managed to get this whole shebang up and running. See, I got a hold um, of this walkie-talkie, and <laughs> I have many thoughts on walkie-talkies in this minute. Actually, no, actually, walkie-talkies are next minute. Um, but I have thoughts. Um, so we're up to minute forty-three. Um, last night we covered minute forty-one. I'm sorry, in the previous days we covered minute forty-one and forty-two. Uh, minute 43, our star, Bruce Willis, playing John McClane, is riding on top of an elevator. It starts with that. And it ends with Harry asking Holly for her thoughts, which is probably the nicest thing um, Harry's ever done. And probably the nicest thing he ever will do. <laughs> <laughs> for the rest of his life. <laughs> <laughs> which hopefully isn't too long, because this guy is a dude. <laughs> That is definitely the word to describe him. He is he is remarkably deep. Um, <laughs> in his next minute, he really comes across. This next minute, he really comes across pretty well. This minute, he's only got a brief cameo. Yeah, let's let's save some some talk about him for next minute. Yeah, I've got Fair stuff. Enough. I've got stuff. <laughs> well, drop to the floor of the elevator and give us ten. What do you got? All right. So starting out, you know, we get this. Wonderful elevator climbing scene, and somehow he's smart enough to realize that if he lays down, he won't get crushed, which is surprising because, you know, I would, I'm, I don't think I would have thought of that. And somehow he did. I guess that's why he's the hero. <laughs> of course, had it been me on that, I would probably would have got crushed because I'm kind of large, but. Um, how would, how would you not have thought of that? I guess. I just, I, I don't think, I mean, I probably would have laid down, but I don't know that. I would have assumed it would have worked because, you know, you're coming up there and I don't know how he realized he'd have room if he laid down. Well, I have a couple things to say. First of all, I think Jonathan's <laughs> being unfair. He hasn't he hasn't informed you that he has indeed ridden on top of an elevator. He is that kind of man of action. So don't let him fool you. I had no idea you were a man of action, Jonathan. Yep. Lying down does not become. We know that doesn't make sense. Uh, no, <laughs> no, I, I would say riding on top of an elevator, uh, crouching or lying down is very natural. Especially huh. when you're, especially when you're approaching the top, we don't want any uh, Emilio Estevez here. And was that Mission Impossible? Is that the one that he died right I, off at the beginning? Yeah, I think so. There's a Mission Impossible where they killed Emilio Estevez like that. That's awesome. Emilio <laughs> Emilio Estevez by Elevator. A lot of, a lot of Emilio. Ease there. Sorry, I had to do it. <laughs> <laughs> 
I, I would think if you were riding atop an elevator, you would be, and you knew it was going to the top or might be going to the top, particularly a skyscraper elevator, which is probably going pretty fast. Um, I, I would think you'd want to get down. What did I say yesterday? 500 feet per minute? Yeah. 500 I, was, feet I per wasn't minute. listening. That's all right. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah, getting down is a good instinct, but just, I don't know. I just, he doesn't seem very worried about being crushed and that surprises me. Like, like, how does he know so much about this building? I don't know if he knows it so much as he's just reacting. I mean, here in this in this scene, in this minute, he starts going places that most people wouldn't even realize existed in a building. I don't know that I've ever thought about a building having places like this before. Well, here's here's one thing that comes to mind. First of all, he's NYPD. So he's he's trained in, you know... To, he's trained to be in an environment where there are skyscrapers, and there probably are some fair commonalities between skyscrapers. So he's not—he may not be completely unfamiliar with the environment. I'd argue post nine eleven, you know, these guys are very familiar with whatever standard skyscraper environments actually are. So I'd say he's probably seen something like this before. Okay, but again, he is the hero. So <laughs> <laughs> now, do do most skyscrapers have? A random room up top with um, topless pictures? Um, um, I got into construction in just before 2000, and I would say that that kind of stuff was pretty prevalent. Um, okay. Again, again, your building management may crack down on that kind of stuff, but you know, on construction sites and stuff like that, and people open up their toolboxes or their, their gang boxes, um, it would not be uncommon to see that kind of thing. But I will say that in the last 20 years or so, that stuff has cleaned up quite a bit. Um, you know, that everyone tries to keep their workspace or, you know, at least the companies want to keep the workspaces clean. I actually read a, read an article on, I, I wanted to find out who the pinup model is. And I, I did find <laughs> that up and we can come back to it in a second. Um, because I've got a connection to her. Um, oh, a very tenuous connection. Anyway, I, I, I came across an article that the first I searched like diehard pinup girl, you know, um, yep. and the first article I came across was an article examining the use of pinup girls and some other objectifying moments in this movie and sort of looking at them through the, the, the lens of, of male objectification of women, women in the workplace and how around this time that was, you know, the workplace is beginning to change and women like, um, like Holly McLean, for instance, were, you know, starting to, you know, out earn men and take their jobs in major corporations and things like that. So there's somebody spent a good amount of time writing about, you know, what this means to the state of feminism and some other stuff. And I sort of breezed past it because I couldn't find the name of the pinup girl in the article. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But I I was... I like that you're like reading through it and you're like, no, no, I'm just looking for the looking for the answer. <laughs> it was it, it's a really long article. I'd like to say that I'd put it on the on the diehard group, but I'm not probably going to remember to do that whenever this airs. Um, but I'd, I'd like to, you know, anybody's listening to it. Um, um, I, I found it. It's there. Um, <laughs> and um, so diehard pinup girls, what you search for. But um, the diehard, the pinup girl is um, Pamela Stein. And yes, indeed. She is the 19 November 1987 Playboy Playmate. And that's that's pretty much all she's done in her as a public figure is some Playboy stuff. But um, on the cover of this issue is Jessica Hahn. And for those of you who are not old enough to remember, Jessica Hahn was quite a um, scandalous figure in 1987. She 
um, accuse a televangelist named Jim Baker, who I think is actually still alive, of raping her when she's employed as a church secretary. Um, and then she sort of parlayed that into some Playboy and some modeling, and she's on Howard Stern a lot. And my connection to Pamela Stein is Jessica Hahn, Jessica Hahn is from my hometown, Massapequa. That's quite a connection. Um, to take that one step further, um, Massapequa in the um, in the eighties also spawned Amy Fisher of um, of Long Island Lolita fame. She shot um, was it Joey Budafuco yeah. in the head or something? I forget. Yeah, and, and Joey Budafuco was on my paper route, on my penny saver oh. route. Wow. wow. Yeah. <laughs> You're like three steps away from fame, Steve. I, I, I so I, I think it's amazing that I managed to draw a line all the way from Pamela Stein to Joey Budafuco, but there it is. <laughs> that is pretty <laughs> impressive. So um, Pam Stein was born August 13th of 1963. She's now 54 years old. Um, <laughs> she was born in Syracuse, <laughs> New York. <laughs> she was 24 in this picture when she was a playmate. And she's 5'5 and weighed 105 pounds. Her measurements were 34, 23, 34. And I found a nice website that has all the pictures from that shoot. (laughs) I enjoyed that website myself, but I only looked at the pictures, apparently. (laughs) So one interesting thing about the, the poster being up here is, of course, they couldn't show... So they put this other picture up over the top of the bottom part of the picture because in the actual picture, she's showing pretty much everything and she's taking off a racing kind of outfit. But, you know, for TV at the time, they couldn't get or movies at the time. They couldn't get away with showing full on nudity. So they had to put that little second picture up there with the three women in the bathing suit bottoms to to get away with that. You know, one thing that... um. That came to mind as I casually searched through old pornography on the internet today was <laughs> <laughs> was how different this like you know like I mean I, t- I really took a, like a cursory glance but I can't imagine in like if I assume there is a Playboy magazine today I know there's still a Playboy brand but I can't imagine you you see tan lines or for that matter of that prodigious quality magnitude magnitude <laughs> sure I feel like our um, our inner thirteen year old boys would high five us right now. Uh, interesting you should see that because over on never any minute we just had the minutes with the statues <laughs> uh, yeah i was listening to that today and as like, oh, yeah, they were, we go they were just as topless as this in a, in a kid's movie so i guess this was okay <laughs> we, we got no we had we had no nudity in the princess bride of any sort that i can remember all right so once again he starts exploring this building like he knows exactly where everything goes this is this is the part that I don't really understand where all of a sudden now he's, he knows that he needs to go down this ladder to get to wherever it is he's trying to get to. I had a question about that, too, because the next minute he's going up. Yes. Yeah. So somehow he knows that he has to go down to get up and and it's it just doesn't make a whole lot of sense. Um, before we do leave this area, I, okay. when I first started off. Um, we were working on some just basic maintenance stuff. We were actually like the you know the teenagers that were just the gophers and and uh, so they had us replacing ceiling tile in a men's locker room, and it was actually me and this other girl. And so I was working in one corner, she was working in the other corner. All of a sudden, I hear this whole commotion, and she's just like ah. And uh, she had started moving some ceiling tile, and one of them gave way under the weight of a huge stack of uh, magazines that were above the ceiling. <laughs> and uh, so, you know, of course, everybody came running, and then those magazines quickly disappeared. 
and they they blamed it on somebody who didn't work there anymore, but somebody had been stashing magazines up above the the locker room ceiling. Interesting. It, it just makes me wonder how often were they going up and reading those again? <laughs> like you stash them like that? Is it like a squirrel where you stash them for or a nut later on? They just keep stacking them on top. Never goes back. <laughs> how much pornography do you really need in the workplace? That seems like a lot of, a stack of magazines seems like more than you need. So I worked as network security over in Italy when I was in the Navy. And we had local nationals that worked on base. And you would not believe the stuff that these people did while they were at work, sitting at their desk. They didn't care if they had windows behind them or what, but we always caught local nationals cruising porn sites at work. On their computers, it was insane. I'm, I'm tempted to keep discussing this, but <laughs> like, there's more. There's, I have I have a lot of questions. <laughs> but I, don't, I don't think I should go any further, so I'm I'm done. <laughs> All right, let's let's move. But on. But really, here. the the uh, I don't think we we cover those in our minutes. But um, really, the whole point of that is for him to. It's basically a marker, so that when yeah. he sees it later on in the movie, he's like, "Oh, yep, here we are, back at the same place." Yeah, so although, that's the although, one. Wait a minute. Do we actually need that marker? Because if he... Okay, so he was riding the elevator. Did the elevator actually go all the way up to the top? Because if it did, then why do we need the marker? It's, I think it's it had to because shaft, otherwise he would have been crushed. That's why he had to lay down really quick, right? Right. I did find somewhere that this building has many, many elevators. So I guess if he wants to make sure he's on the right elevator at the top, you know, he's in the very exact same room. And I think later on in the movie, he finds other ways into the same room. Like, because okay. I, I watched this last night and I think that's what I came to the conclusion of is the next time that he comes into this room, it's not the same way. So when he gets there and he sees that picture, he's like, oh, I know where I'm at again. It's kind of like when you're playing like a Batman Arkham video games or something. And you yeah. Get all these, all those uh, tunnels and catwalks and you're like, oh, oh, okay. I just popped out of a different hole, but I'm in the same room. Exactly. You know, I can't remember why they were on, why this was the floor they had to be on in the first place. It might have to do, had to do with them opening the safe. But if this is a key floor, it may be the, the floor that has both the access to the, ele- to, the, to the rooftop, the elevator that goes to the rooftop, and to the main floors of the buildings. So there may be multiple banks of elevator at play here, ultimately, on this floor. Yeah. I think this floor is like as high up as the elevators go. And then from here to get to the roof, you have to go a different way. He's obviously going from above the the elevator. Whereas if I guess if you were in the elevator, there would be easier access to that. Okay. I, I hate to say this, but this just made sense to me. Damn. So he, he knows that if you were on an elevator, you'd get off the elevator. There'd be stairs going up to the roof. Correct. He's above the elevator. That's why he knows he has to go down to get to the floor that has the stairs going up to the elevator. Okay. Seems reasonable to me. Yeah. I think th- I think I solved it. <laughs> I yeah, now know this, the Nakatomi Plaza. Because <laughs> this, this action movie from 1988 needs to make sense. Yes. Yes, it does. So as um, once John as John begins climbing down, we cut to um, our friend Carl, who I don't think we, me and John, Jonathan and I have met before. Carl is overturning a desk. He's pretty. Oh, yes. He's pretty angry. The my exact note was angry German maybe, and then table flipping. <laughs> <laughs> German maybe. We talked about Germans last minute. Are, are they I, supposed to be German? 
according to a lot of the stuff on the the wikia that I was reading, I think so. All right, so we're we're back to back to the eighties, definitely, where we just hate everything German or Russian. So. I, I'm sticking with my theory that they're East German. Okay. Um, not not West German, and hence the which would which would explain the sort of the oh, so, so these guys are the guys that are playing a lot of these guys are not German; they're like Russian and like Slavic sort of people. Um, and so if they're East German. You can see peop- see them going back and forth from East Germany to Russia and places like that. Whereas if they're West German, you know they were listening to you too and enjoying the world. <laughs> um, yeah. And this movie did come out before the Berlin Wall fell, for what that's worth. So there was most definitely a an East and a West Germany at this point. Though, um, yeah. Glasnost had begun, so we were we were cooling things off with the Russians. I, I don't know how relevant it is, but I did look up videos on table flipping, and apparently there are games in Japan where you can just go flip tables for, it's like an arcade game. <laughs> Wish I'd seen that last summer. <laughs> <laughs> I think there's there, everything in Japan. This is true. I agree. But that's a tangent I don't think we need to go on. <laughs> we have enough stuff that's <laughs> actually in the minute. <laughs> my, first, my first thing that I want to note here is how in the world does Alan Rickman... Overpower the buff baddie. <laughs> that's a good question. Because <laughs> that's what this guy is, right? He's the big buff one, the the scary one that's supposed to, you know, challenge our hero physically. And somehow Alan Rickman throws him around like a rag doll. Well, I, I don't know. Maybe uh, table flipping kind of like uses all your energy points. And so <laughs> Rickman's been, you know, Hans Gruber's been saving him up. He's like, oh, I got to take care of this guy. Well, you got to respect the guy who looks that good in the suit, so I've got to imagine once Hans grabs him, he calmed down quickly. And I have to say, he does look fantastic in this movie. And it did, did seeing the movie did kind of make me sad that we'll never see him make another movie. You know, one question I tried to answer today was how he got this job. Because this is his first, you know, real job. And apparently he didn't want it. He had just moved to Hollywood like two days before or something like that. I mean, he had a career, but he didn't have a career of anywhere of this magnitude before this. He hadn't had any movie roles. So I'm just curious how he got this job. It's got to be because of the accents, right? <laughs> the fantastic accents? Maybe. He, he is. He, he, and, the, and the smarm. He brings a lot of smarm. But if you read about it, he had different thoughts about the the direction of the character. Like, apparently this him wearing suits was his own idea. It was Rickman's idea. Like, originally he was supposed to be wearing camouflage or, you know, whatever, to generic terrorist sweaters. Right. Um, <laughs> terrorist sweaters. <laughs> you can get those, at Banana, you you can get those at Banana Republic. Is that what you order? Generic <laughs> terrorist sweater. They're, they're all dressed entirely too warm for L.A. in the winter, by the way, I think. You know, I almost wish that... You could get away with wearing a, a sweater that said that on it now, <laughs> like on T Public or something that said generic terrorist sweater. <laughs> yeah, that would be so funny if it weren't for like the last fifteen years of history. Exactly. <laughs> There's no getting away yeah, with that now. Yeah, yeah. You cannot you cannot do that. That's an interesting line that's an interesting line of clothing though, like you know, like sort of generic stereotypical Hollywood clothing. Yeah. <laughs> So Hans makes this big speech here, um, explaining 
that they can't alter their plan, but when they can alter the plan, and it's all very nice and, you know, extemporaneous, and we learn a little bit, bit from it that we may not already have heard or forgotten. Um, but at the end of it, oh. at the end of it, and I don't understand what happens here, Carl is like, and if he alters it, and Rickman gives him this weird look. I mean, like like he's getting an enema or something. I don't know what what the what this means. <laughs> I think the look is is so. <laughs> that's great. What does I it mean? Look, I can't even say my thought. <laughs> I think the look is supposed to be one of agreement. Like, yeah, I guess if he changes the plan, then we can do something. But <laughs> but he's already no, changing the plan. I'm like freeze framed on that picture something. now, and I can't stop thinking about that. <laughs> I feel bad that I just gave poor Alan Rickman, poor dead Alan Rickman, an enema, but there it is. Wow, you took that to another stage, too. <laughs> <laughs> well, we seem to be going down this particular rabbit hole. And all that is quickly followed by the mean terrorist skipping his way across the screen. Well, he, he, you know, he's got to have two hands on that gun so he can't use his arms to properly walk. So. But he's, Maybe. He, he skips. Is is there a yellow brick road here that I didn't know about? <laughs> that is weird. Why does he skip like that? <laughs> um, yeah. At, at first, even, even if he's running, though, why does he take off like that all of a sudden? But he's not running. He's skipping. <laughs> hmm. Maybe it was part of the plan is to have exercise time every five minutes. And it was his turn to, to go do exercise. <laughs> Or maybe maybe within the gang they've got bets like you know how soon is Carl gonna flip a table and like oh oh guys he just did it he did it I won the pool yeah woo <laughs> poor roided up Carl <laughs> roided oh, up Carl yeah we heard we heard Carl's name before but this is the first minute that we actually get to see him um, that face since I've only seen this movie one time I'm actually more familiar with his face from uh, Money Pit and I haven't seen Money Pit in a long time either. But that's where I know him from. I, I didn't recognize him from anything, I guess probably because this is so far back. But there is a freeze frame where I'm looking at him where he looks oddly like Jeff Daniels in Dumb and Dumber. <laughs> I've I've never seen the money pit. Um, but um, is Carl the one who died really young? I think he is, right? Yeah, he died in 19, Alexander Grudinov. He died of natural of hepatitis in, in 1995. Probably from flipping tables somehow. Hepatitis, actually, but yeah. <laughs> yeah, you can get that from tables. Flipping tables, hepatitis. <laughs> hepatables. Hepatables. Yep. <laughs> you guys are in trouble for making fun of the hepatitis population. You're taking all the. You're taking off all the. Um, all the heat off me for the questionable non-feminist comments earlier. <laughs> <laughs> and the the Rickman enema. The Rickman enema. I hope that I. I, I please make that the title of the episode. Um, <laughs> Jim, okay. <laughs> if I ask anything of you. <laughs> oh goodness. Anyway, um, once we're once we're done with our um, our table flipping, um, we cut very briefly to Harry, who is asking Holly for her thoughts. Now, uh, I, I want to save my Harry my Harry stuff for for next minute. I agree because <laughs> I have stuff to say. <laughs> we are going to tear Harry a new one in the next minute. I think. <laughs> 
Oddly enough, I called him an a-hole on this, so that's funny that you should say that. You know, when Jonathan said we worked well together, I think I know what he was talking about now. Right? <laughs> he did, and, he, and Jonathan did say that when we were um, discussing our possible upcoming project, our now upcoming project. <laughs> we, wait, we have a project coming up? <laughs> yeah, but we're going to save that for the next minute, too. <laughs> oh, okay. Everything happens in the next minute. Yeah, so if you Story want to hear about, about everything everything exciting... <laughs> Um, we're going to do that in the next minute. Um, so is everybody good with minute 43? I think I'm all tapped out. Yeah. I'm table flipped out. <laughs> um, once again, this is, um, I'm Steve Lasto and, um, with formerly with the princess bride minute, And I've been joined by Jonathan Carlisle. Um, Hey, also formerly of the princess bride minute and soon to be of the, um, what's it called? UH- UHF UHF 62nd. Do you have a domain name for that yet? Uh, yep, uhf62nd.com. Got it. There's there's nothing there, but I've got it. Fair enough. I just wanted to put it out there so that if anybody goes looking for you now, they can find something, you know. Um, and we've also been joined tonight by Thomas. Thomas Howith of the Never Ending Story Minute. Yep. Happy to be here. <laughs> and soon to be one of my co-hosts on the drum roll, please. <laughs> X Minutes. X Minutes. <laughs> Which we'll talk about more either tomorrow or Friday. Um, Awesome. Sounds great. If you've enjoyed this, you can find more about this at DieHardMinute.com, on Twitter at DieHardMinute, on Facebook, DieHard with a podcast listener's limo. And, um, of course, you can visit MoviesByMinutes.com for more information on probably over 150 Movies by Minute podcasts by the time um, this is airing. Um, (laughs) So join us again next time. And for now... Bye bye, boys. Wait, what? Yeah, we're still we're still doing that. <laughs> that's, another, that's another story that shall be told another time. In another castle. In another castle, yes. Nine. Tell me you got that. I got it. I got it. Hit your heart on Channel Five.